Kiss me. Kiss me. Kiss me. Tanya, kiss me underneath the murky twilight. <laughs> I, I attended a wedding <laughs> that they played that during their wedding. Kiss me. Out on the moonly floor. I know why y'all know that song. Kiss me. Because Sixpence None the Richer is a Christian band. That's right. They were. You know that? There she not, not many, not even a lot of Christians know that they were mm. once a Christian band. Uh, I watch a lot of pop up video. Kiss me. I like uh, Lee Baines. If you ask him what his his guilty pleasure is, and he'll say uh, SPNTR. SPNTR. <laughs> Six pence on the rich. Oh my God. Kiss me, please. Well, uh, my strategy was to not watch any of the returns yesterday. I've no idea what happened last night. And I, because I figured you all could just tell me what happened. And. I could wow. cry real authentic people tears and it'd be good podcasting. <laughs> Relying on your peers to do your homework for you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's almost like emotional labor in some ways. But last night, well, it was emotional labor like last emotional night. emotional labor to me. I'll be sending you an invoice. <laughs> Please do. Please. I'll, I'll return that invoice. <laughs> with three with, invoices. With 17 negative balances. Kiss me. Kiss me, please, queen. Kiss me underneath the murky twilight. Tom and I may have sung that the entire drive home from Norton in that oh, voice. Oh, God. How, why did Nicole not wreck the car? <laughs> she probably wanted Kiss to. Kiss me. Jesus. Kiss me under the twilight. No, Michelle and I both fell asleep with our phones in the bed. They woke me up vibrating in the middle of the fucking night because we were glued Wait. to the results. All right. So before we get into the results, let's rewind. <laughs> Let's go back to run that back. Let's go back to Monday, March. God damn it! First, second, um, because a lot of things happened prior to Tuesday, Super Tuesday. Um, so it all it all kicked off when Monday Sunday night, Judge dropped out, Klobuchar dropped out, and then Beto endorsed Biden. All three of them. And, and Biden's and brains then, and then, contri- continue to drop out of his left ear. And then yeah. all of them... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Go any further. I was laughing so hard. Tom was arguing with somebody on Twitter and, and she was like, no lie, I want Bernie Sanders to take a cardiac stress test on live TV. And Tom said, you can get a new heart, can't get a new brain, unfortunately. <laughs> and she said, yes, you can. <laughs> Like, I, are the centrists like privy to some new science that we aren't? I think what they're talking about. Remember when we were, a few weeks ago we talked about that Italian doctor that put the monkey's head on the. <laughs> I think they think that's promising new research. Yeah, she watched Get Out recently. <laughs> She's not recovered. Wouldn't that be crazy if they did pioneer brain transplants and you just come back alive, but just as a completely different person with completely different opinions, Mem- and memories, and <laughs> memories. Uh, honestly, I might tap in for that. Um. God, what the absolute fuck? I'm kind of upset that I didn't see this Mayor Pete. Amy, I could have called. Amy Amy dropping out and endorsing Biden, yeah. I, I could have called that probably. But I thought Mayor Pete was serious as a fucking heart attack. That this dumb dick really thought he could be president. I, I too thought, I mean, like he's younger. He won a few early ones. Yeah, like, there was no, there was no mathematical he reason. Won the first one, yeah, there was no mathematical reason for him to drop out. Right, right. Delegate. Wow. In fact, that had never happened. 
Somebody that had finished top two in the first two primaries had never dropped out before Super Tuesday. What did the Dems have to promise him? What? Well, just when you see... Uh, they offered him children's blood and eternal have. youth. <laughs> they did. They may have. Uh, they pro- I mean, he'll probably, he'll probably sell for some dumb shit like HUD secretary or something. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck us all. Um, He's going to be running no. a diversity and equity he wants, committee. He w- he'll probably get secretary of state. He is CIA. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, National Security Advisor so or CIA. Or secretary yeah, of state. Pete Buttigieg will be the one making decisions on who lives and dies abroad. Right. Oh, my God. But Chaston can go to Target again without being... <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I saw. Did you see that tweet he put? So, so I can go to Target again. Somebody said you always could. No, no one I, knows who you I are. Still, Nobody knows who you are, Chaston. I still don't know who he is. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. No, he can't go to Target. Come the fuck on. Kiss me, kiss me, Chaston. Please kiss me, kiss me. Fucking a. <laughs> um. So, yeah. On Monday, all those. Those three endorsed Biden, um, which was kind of surprising. I thought that, you know, the guy who, right, can barely string together a sentence. President, my guy. I thought that President, my guy yeah. <laughs> was done. I did, too. I honestly did. But um, I have never been broke. so, f- like, I have whiplash from this. I think it was because Monday. his margin in South Carolina was massive. I think that that's. I think that that's one reason behind it. Um, it made him look more viable than he is. I guess. Which, but okay, so the jokes on us. Let's go to Tuesday then. Um, first things first. Bloomberg won American Samoa. Mer- yeah, <laughs> Bloomberg <laughs> actually just bought American Samoa. He bought a, an island for himself. <laughs> he's gonna. Um, damn. He's gonna put a golf course on it. But we're offering all so some, all American golf. Samoans amnesty if they want to move to the mountains here from. Yeah. Not am- amnesty from the Bloomberg regime. God damn. Um, but so Biden, uh, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday. And while, while we're recording it, there's still not results for Maine. But apparently Biden's won Alabama, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia. He did pull out Tennessee? He did, yeah. Well, oh, I mean, he was even close in Tennessee. Texas, it was close. Texas, sorry. Yeah, that was the one. Texas, it was close. And there was a lot of people saying Texas could still be. Is there a big split in delegates in Texas at least? Texas has what, 300 fucking delegates or something? 228. They'll be splitting. Yeah, they're going to split some delegates for sure. Um, Does Bernie at least get all 400 some California delegates? No, California is not a take all, winner take all state. (sighs) So they'll be splitting delegates there too. Um,. So, uh, but so there's a few things that are interesting. You look at this and you think, well, Biden cleaned up, and that's certainly true in some states. There, there was only one county in Virginia that went for Bernie. There was, I think, there was one in Tennessee that went for Bernie. Was it Wise? Was it Wise County where we canvassed? No, it was Floyd County. Damn it! Oh yeah, the very very hippie. Yeah, I could have called that. (laughs) Hippies there, there. There was about three or four counties in North Carolina that went for Bernie. I mean, like, every state in the Damn. South, Biden cleaned up. Like, How? This is so confusing Well, you know what's even me. more confusing about it, Tanya? Honestly. I just... What's even more confusing about it is that Joe Biden did not campaign in Tennessee, Arkansas, Minnesota, 
Massachusetts or Oklahoma. What he did have the, the money to. And he won all of those. Let me ask y'all a question. <laughs> that that's the thing. This is name recognition. This is literally just name recognition. And the other thing on is, who though? Everybody hates Barack Obama in those states. Like Biden's name, everyone knows his name. Do you know what I mean? I think that it's a few things. Um, it's name recognition, but I also think that, like, weirdly enough, Biden is not seen as part of the establishment. He's not. I mean, he, think, he's, there's no pictures of him with Jeffrey Epstein or anything. Like, he's not like a Bloomberg, um, Clinton type guy. I think that, like. He was, you know, he's obviously Obama's vice president, but I don't think that people see him. I think they kind of see him neutrally in that sense. Well, I think we should also point out that in these southern states is where voter suppression is the worst. The voter voter suppression laws are the strongest. Did you see in Texas the guy that waited in line seven hours? Yeah, it's it's unspeakable. And I mean, obviously, I only canvassed maybe a hundred people in southwest virginia but most people didn't know it was election day but every almost everyone i talked to was supported bernie but they're waiting to like people don't vote in fucking primaries one because they fucking hate the democratic party yeah this is the catch-22 me and tom were talking about this on the drive home last night it's like if you decide to run within the democratic party you're going to deal with voter suppression and the dissolution of people who don't want to engage with the Democratic Party, but at the same time, you can't win if you don't run within the Democratic right. Party. But <laughs> Bernie, Bernie beats Trump. Like Bernie beats Trump, obviously. And people people go to the polls for a presidential election. Yeah, like they, th- that's where the numbers are. Right. But no one even knew it was fucking election day. Right. No, yeah, you're. And you know, if if it's hard for you to vote anyway, you're afraid of someone asking you for an ID you don't have. You are you're busy. It's not a national holiday. All these fucking things. Well, going to the polls can feel like going getting your driver's license renewed or getting your tags done. You know, there's a lot of also there's a lot of contingencies. There was a fucking massive tornado in Tennessee. There was an ongoing pandemic. (laughs) Coronavirus. Like Texas poll workers were not showing up to do to work because. They were afraid. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, gross dealing with hundreds of people a day. Right, and you know, and, uh, at least I mean, scary. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like we were talking last night, like within a few weeks, like ASA might even get canceled <laughs> just because of like the Olympics are going can't, or maybe on the ropes. What in Japan this year? Really? I mean, it's just large congregations of people that really is how trans. You're saying more more schools are canceling <laughs> their athletic events. You think they're going to cancel the ASA? <laughs> we were just speculating last night about it, if that would be funny. <laughs> I hope so. That would make my life easier. But anyways, I, there's a lot of other contingencies that have to do with it. But you're right. Like, people don't want to vote in a primary. Um, or they don't even know a primary is happening, really. No. And uh, and so this and is... I mean, pro- this has always been the, the, you know, the square that you have to circle or whatever. The circle you have to square. Nah, yeah, man, is you're undefeated. I'm <laughs> botching the idioms. Um, because like it's always the problem has always been that working people don't vote. You know, maybe that, and it's there's a lot of different reasons for that, but that's Bernie's constituency, and so yeah. it's just like the coal miner thing. Everybody blame these coal miners for Trump and all this stuff. And my brother-in-law, I was talking to him one day. He said, "Let me tell you," he said. They encouraged us to go vote for Trump. Yeah, he said. But to do that, I have to come out of the mine, which takes about an hour to like ride the rail out of the mine. I got to get in my car. I got to drive an hour and a half back over to Whitesburg. 
Okay. And they, you know, and then it's like, I got to go, maybe wait in line for a period of time, punch one in, drive an hour and a half back to work. Right. Go back in the mine for an hour. It's like, there's your work day right there, just tied up and going voting. Right. It's like these coal miners weren't going out no. and voting for fucking Trump. No. They supported him, but Fuck they wouldn't. No. It was, most people don't take the step to vote. Right. I'd asked my mom 20 times yesterday Well, if she'd went to vote yet so that she would actually go. Did she? I'm not even positive yet. <laughs> she she could have do- fucking dodged lied. your phone call. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. Because she, ra- she rarely votes. What? I, I didn't want to ask my parents. I already know who they're voting for. <laughs> yeah, you just told them not to go. <laughs> yeah. Tell them it's Super Wednesday. Is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Do y'all seen this stuff a lot of people are talking about, like, young people didn't show up on Super Tuesday? What's it say? I don't know. I just saw some people, like... If you're going to criticize the boomers, you need to look at yourself and saying the young people didn't show up on Super Tuesday. It's like, how do we know? actually know that? I mean, yeah, you get exit polling and stuff, but we only get like 30% of the returns in. You know, like we don't even know, right? We won't even know all the data for like months, probably. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, who voted and and where. Well, I guess we know where, but. If you drag yourself down the dark hole of voter suppression... Like active voter suppression in the South, it's it's so bleak that. <sighs> well, they just they they move the goalposts on you while you're doing it. It's like South Carolina closing all those polling stations hours early. Yeah, I mean we watched it happen to Stacey Abrams. You know, yeah. like like you put up one polling machine in the black neighborhood. It's just truly, it's... <laughs> you know what I mean. And you got like twenty sitting in a warehouse somewhere you could have plugged up. This yeah. is just going to keep happening until we like. There's, <sighs> I'm not going to say it yet. <laughs> say it's on. No, I'm gonna sit on it. <clears throat> what are you gonna say? It ain't time to give up yet. I ain't giving up yet. <laughs> no, it ain't time to give up. It ain't time That's, to. I'm not it even. It ain't time to give I up. I don't yet. even feel remotely. Look, you feel good. I'm cool. I don't even feel remotely pessimistic. Cool as a cucumber. <laughs> the sad thing is, I really don't either. Like I felt like I'd be dead. Like what's happened to me is I loathe the ground Barack Obama and Tom Perez walk on these and these fuckers. Like. Th- are putting our trust in people like that, just the most craven, just transparently sociopathic people with these, I don't know. I don't know. This fucking pisses me off that we fucking bow this motherfucker's feet and all he's doing the whole time post-presidency is like hanging out with Richard Branson and trying to figure out how to just like keep us from getting what we need so his legacy can live on through Obamacare. Truly. Like, Really. If you have warm feelings for Barack Obama, other than, you know, you know him not prosecuting the banks and, you know, his drone presidency and all this stuff, if that's not enough to get you off of him, consider that he doesn't care if you get the care you need just so that his signature piece of legislation can live on and not be discredited. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy's pulse. That's how I feel about it. And he's, But he's not even out here shilling for Biden yet, is he? <laughs> no, but he's like, you know, got this Democratic Unity Fund and all this kind of shit. Yeah, he's 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 doing it even worse. It's even worse than actually being out it's here. It's more insidious. Yeah, it's like secretly he's doing it undercover. Yeah. Well, the um, so the entire Democratic establishment basically sort of coalesced around Biden right before Super Tuesday, and I think that that's kind of what pushed him over the edge. There was basically no negative media coverage of Biden leading up to it. And also, I think electability is a big... I, I think that is honestly maybe the biggest factor here. I think that people... And I know for us, it's a no-brainer because the guy's got no brain. 
but but <laughs> don't don't. That's the, that's the plot. I got a million of them. No brighter. But uh, but for a lot of people who aren't really that engaged, you know, they just uh, the Democratic Party is at the end of the day still the Democratic Party. We can't forget that. Like it is still this cross class coalition of capital capitalist landlords. Middle managers that and the workers somehow class. conned enough of us into believing in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's you know it's it's not that surprising. This really. is the death rattle, though. I, I mean, like if you just take the thirty-eight thousand foot view of it, yeah. Look what they've done. <laughs> it, they I mean, they would rather rather than give us the smallest concessions to live a dignified life, they would rather throw all their might, what little bit they have left, into a guy. Whose brains are leaking out of every orifice <laughs> in his head daily? This man has looked like Jeff Goldblum from The Fly for the last nine months. <laughs> Joe Biden actually died in January '96. <laughs> oh fuck! But it makes sense. I mean, look, they're all playing to win, and the the front runner two weeks ago was Bernie, and so they were going to do something to take him down. It's really funny that the guy that they coalesced around is Joe Biden. And tells me that they they don't they ain't playing the long game. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not playing the long game. No, I think that they're just trying to. Uh, they're obviously trying to win. They're obviously trying to beat Bernie, but that's mostly because in front of us is a battle for the future of the Democratic Party. It's either the capitalist <laughs> landlords and middle managers on one side, or working people. the working people on the other side. And then you have the wild card factor. I mean, then you have the, uh, what's it called in the NFL when there's like a, is that the wild card? What do they call that? When the team is like a third place or whatever. Wild card when you get a wild card entry into the playoffs. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, like when you don't necessarily, like, <laughs> in tennis is when you don't necessarily qualify, but like the tournament directors give you a, a spot anyway. Well, then you've got the you've got the wild card factor, which, in my opinion, is Elizabeth Warren, which is the most dark and chaotic, fascinating science experiment I've ever seen. <laughs> I was trying to figure this out. I was trying to figure this out because it ain't great. Listen, I think at this point it's mathematically impossible for her to have a path to the nomination, just because she's going to split. Like, if, even if she wins out, she's going to split delegates. You know what I mean? Uh huh. I just just don't think. I, there's just no purpose for her to be in this race at this point. What are the conversations they're having today? She's planning events for the next round of primaries. Yeah. <laughs> She's staying in this thing. She's staying in it. Look, this is kind of why... At this point, they... Whatever... The Dems have... They have... You know, they have come to Pete, Amy, and Elizabeth. This is probably what the deal that she has made, is that she will stay in this race. I've thought about that, because... that's pro That probably is exactly the deal. I this is the deal. It's like, you two are going to drop out and support Biden. You're going to stay the fuck in and drag every last vote away from him possible. This is the plan. I've thought about that, because it would make sense, because if you're Biden, I think she would be the perfect VP. Because you're trying to bring in that, like, sort of Hillary progressive type vote. And, like, those people are holdouts against Biden. They don't really like him. And he picks up the vote... He picks up the votes of people who said they would never vote for him because right. he takes on Elizabeth. Exactly. VP. It, it, neutra us all. it neutralizes the old, white old man critique from all those critique, the Wokemons. Yeah. And replaces it with an elderly <laughs> white woman who pretended to be a native for yeah. 30 years. So, I mean, it all makes sense, but 
as we stand right now on the Wednesday after Super Tuesday, I'm still I still don't really think that she's a spoiler. I think she's totally inconsequential. I mean, like this is the problem with this episode coming out before the Patreon this weekend, where we really dig into the nuts and bolts of like the Elizabeth Warren phenomenon. Well, I don't think but, she's a spoiler either. And, and like for the people saying drop out, it's like that ship sailed Monday night. You know what I mean? It, ship, it sailed three weeks ago. Yeah, it really. Did. <laughs> like if she was going to do that. The time to do that was, yeah, you're right. Two, right after weeks ago. New Hampshire. After New Hampshire. She lost a state by a massive margin that borders her home state. Yeah. <laughs> and then last night she lost her own state. Now, right. she's just, right. now she's just doing this embarrassing con job. It's like she's like, like you could tell a lot about Elizabeth Warren's character. Like all y'all that were shilling for Liz Warren, look at her character. Well, that, that's why her campaign is so fascinating to me. I'm telling you, it is the most fascinating political development in the last 20 years. It is all of the Hillary dead-enders in a campaign together, and they're riding it out till the wheels fall off. And what they're, what they're trying to do, in my opinion, and I could be wrong about this, what they're trying to do, in my opinion, is do what they perceived Bernie to having done to Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Except what they don't realize is that Bernie was actually, actually one primary. He won New Hampshire. He split Nevada. Uh, think did he win Iowa? No, Hillary won Iowa, didn't she? Hillary won Iowa. Yeah, but but, but anyway, a very small margin. Yeah, but then like you see, like Super Tuesday, Bernie gets a couple states, and then he destroys Hillary in Wisconsin, Michigan. Like Liz Warren's not doing that. Like Liz Warren is <laughs> like getting like eighteen thousand votes, and Liz Warren is a loser, loser. She's <laughs> yeah. a loser. Look, but the, that this is the thing. Someone had a tweet last night I was laughing about. This is fucking hilarious. It was like, um, uh, uh, what did it say? Bernie backed Warren. Bernie backed Beto. Bernie backed Stacey Abrams. All that. Bernie, Bernie backed, backed Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. And they all betrayed him. And it's like, at what point does it click for everybody, including Bernie, that these people want very different things. Yeah. Like, they, the whole, the vaguely progressive people, the Working Families Party... You know, even the nonprofits, they're all losers. Losers. Lo- losers. They, uh-huh. They've all lost. What is the common thread there? Uh, Warren, loser. Gillum, loser. Stacey Abrams, loser. Beto, loser. Yeah. Working family party, losers. <laughs> nonprofits, <laughs> losers. Like these, these, the vaguely progressive people. We're getting canceled for this episode. The vaguely progressive people, they don't want to win. They've never wanted to well, win. Well, th- well, here's the thing about it is, is, is I don't think so. They didn't want to win. I think they saw Bernie's wave. You know what I mean? Right. And they, it's just like. It's like kind of like what we were talking about, you know. Like if we wanted to be like talk radio hosts, we couldn't be talk radio hosts. We have to we have to get into a very niche <laughs> thing, you yeah, know. Right, right, right. Go the Christian rock route. Well, they, they what they did is they utilized progressivism as a brand, as a brand, right? Without actually, you know, adopting really progressive policies or whatever. Well, again, they've yeah they 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 don't understand that like. Because I mean, you see how craven they are. Of course, they're all craven. Look, now. Well, I mean, but but look, look, the whole they they firmly hopped off the Bernie wave. They're saying all this shit now. Go look at it. You got Beto at Bloomberg shit. You got Stacey Abrams at Bloomberg shit. Because remember, Bloomberg was buzzing for a what? second. Stacey Abrams takes cap money. Yeah. She's on their board now, isn't she? Maybe I don't know. She went to Bloomberg. But now that here's how they try to spin it though. They try to spin it like we can't leave anybody out if we're going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's like they're trying to make like. 
taking money from billionaires as like a principal position yeah. beca- because of inclusivity. And where have you heard that? For the all. Nonprofits. The nonprofit. That you world. have to take their fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's a dead end. Watching it play out on a national stage is fascinating. It's well, a- we are going to take their money. The nonprofits? No, all these billionaires. Warren. We're taking their fucking money. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like none of this is going to go away. We're redistributing it eventually. My hunch is I'll probably die broke and penniless in France like Oscar Wilde. <laughs> How are you going to get probably to France? locked in a tower. I think it's going to be more like Paris, Kentucky. <laughs> Versailles. Versailles, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in Versailles, Kentucky, sitting in traffic behind a tractor and have a damn heart attack. <laughs> I I'll drag your corpse to the Versailles castle. Tell everybody you went out as in style king. as but, a king at the castle. I mean, this is the thing. It's like we spend a lot of time on the show sort of critiquing electoralism and electoral politics. But there are some truths in that. Uh, we got a lot wrong, but there's also a lot we got right, which is that like, regardless of how this plays out, we still have to have some sort of strategy or plan for what happens afterwards because yeah. none of the problems are going away. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we need to think about with or whether Bernie's elected or not, what we do with this movement, how it moves, mm-hmm. how it moves forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, this it's, is what me and Tom were talking about last night on the drive home between singing kiss me kiss me we were like kiss me but like how do you actually change things <laughs> here's the thing y'all. you may tell you what's more depressing these people make more concessions for the coronavirus than us <laughs> well yeah they adjust their markets and everything to accommodate this virus <laughs> you know what i mean every all this shit they 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 don't even think, see us fit or worthy of being able to go to a doctor without you know dying broken penniless Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't they would make no can they would not even have a blip on it wouldn't even be a blip on their radar the coronavirus if i mean millions of people could die it would not be a blip on their radar unless it impacts their stock market or them their markets well, their so money that was another thing that happened yesterday or maybe monday that the federal reserve was cutting interest rates to basically rally the markets because the rally the markets are just they're having a bad one <laughs> folks because of the coronavirus <laughs> But this, here's the thing, Tom, is that, like, what you just said and what you said earlier, like, they would rather do that, like, than give us a dignified life and all this, is that, like, there's no point in looking at it from a moral point of standpoint. There's no point in looking at it and being like, why, why won't they give us these things? Why won't they just develop a heart or a conscience? Like, they, it's not going to happen. Well, also, and, that's the that's the problem with that framework is we're is begging for it from these people. Right, you know exactly. I mean? Maybe we need to take a page out of coronavirus's playbook and kill 1% <laughs> of, <laughs> of them. Well, no, the thing is... <laughs> Inspired by the coronavirus. The thing is, is that, like, honestly, it just goes back... It's like Danny Glover. It's back to fundamentals. It just goes back to showing you that, like, moral appeals are also a dead end. They're not going to get you anywhere. The only thing is a material appeal, which means organized labor. That's also. really the only thing that can actually stop them from doing what they're doing. Also, a full-blown assault on Joe Biden's faculty. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Like really, I want Joe. I want the next <laughs> debate. I want Bernie to hand Joe a piece of paper and a pen, time to draw a clock at two o'clock. 
I, I swear to God, I don't think he could do it. But I don't even know if it would matter. If he's out here saying, President, my guy, which he probably never actually Mistaking his <laughs> sister for his wife. He, yeah. He, and then, and what did he say yesterday? The, the Constitution thing. He's like, you know, you know, the thing. You know the thing. <laughs> Oh, dude! There was no, and I saw an interview. An interview. He called the interview. The guy interviewing him the wrong name. Someone he's a guy that's been on fucking news a no. hundred years. He called him the wrong name, and he said something about we'll see. He talked about getting on uh, the fucking debate stage. He said we'll see how it goes. We'll see who's sleepy or not. No, like listen to this or more sleepy. Something crazy. Here's what we need to do. You know how we're talking about like they need to ask Joe Biden fifteen questions about climate change. No, they need to ask Barack Obama and all the Democratic kingmakers fifteen questions about Joe Biden's fucking. <laughs> mental ca- <laughs> faculties Doug uh, do you think it's concerning he was your vice president for eight years and he calls you my guy <laughs> <laughs> um, I was laughing at this my guy. quote from Biden um, it's like that so look it's a little bit like a whole lot of things that people didn't know before this guy became president until oh he started God. to take it away this is him being asked about what he's going to do about climate change and they started to take it away, and he said, whoa, wait a minute, man, look what he, that's done. He's changed the cafe standards. We're not going to meet those standards. Well, that means boom. He's done this. It means bang. Everybody knows now. Are you sure this This those, is not Felix Biederman's parody? I swear to God, this is Ashley Feinberg and Slate, quoting directly from him. Everybody knows now, knows what he has done, and it's raised the ante significantly. No one can any longer. I remember when I introduced that bill back in 1986. They said, what the hell are you talking about, Biden? What's the crisis? Well, it wasn't. We didn't have Super Storm Sandy at the time. We didn't have all these things that are occurring that people would now know and were predicted that would occur. (laughs) We're talking about $2 million. We should be organizing the world, demanding the change. That's that's there are things I have done Y'all, intentionally. This is word salad. <laughs> Y'all listen, listen. This is word salad. And almost assuredly, there are liberal know nothings going. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. On their we head. do need two million dollars to change the cafe standards. <laughs> oh my god. And organizing these superstorms. On how he would tackle... And then a bunch of onomatopoeia like it's uh. goddamn Batman from the 70s. <laughs> on how he would tackle racial disparities in health, including the higher rates of HIV among black people. Think about Los Angeles here. If you had a business lunch eight, ten years ago, and there were six or seven people at the lunch, and a gay waiter came up and said something about identified himself being gay. In fact, if one of the people made fun of that waiter, the vast majority of people wouldn't have said anything at the table. Today, you'd all look at him and say, if you're straight as can be... Look at him and say, what the hell is the matter with you? And he'd never be invited back. The point is, they're not afraid now to stand up and say, because guess what? We learn. Our brothers are our sisters. Our, the girl we went out with in high school. Our brothers are our sisters. The girl, <laughs> the girl we went out with in high school. The guy, you know, no, I'm serious. Think about it. The idea is normal. It's not normal. It's normalized. It's not anything strange. It's not strange. That's the generic point. <laughs> Gay couples are more clearly likely to stay together longer than heterosexual couples. Uh, <laughs> he's Tanya is a gay. How you feel about that? <laughs> oh my god! This look, I, just, I wish y'all could. I, we need a video so you can see. I cannot right. process this. And he's talking about fucking L.A. Check it out, Jack. L.A. 1965. <laughs> <a> different, <laughs> different, different world back then. <laughs> 
my deceased wife is a teacher. They have every problem <laughs> coming to them. Make sure that every single child does, in fact, have three, four, or five-year-olds go to school. School! Not day school. Care school. We bring social workers into homes with parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't know what. They don't know what quite to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse the record, me. The record player. <laughs> make sure you have the record player on at night. The phone. Make sure the kids hear words. <laughs> Here's the thing. Biden doesn't know there's been that hipster renaissance in vinyl either. Like, he right. really thinks it's 19, <laughs> 1958. Right? Turn the big bopper on the radio, man, you know? <laughs> Teach your kids to sing. This guy's Teach eye. your little girls and boys who throw, are girls. Throw your Maddox down while you still can dance to the big bopper on WMUX, you know? It's just like Martin King said. Our brothers are our sisters. I can't get over this. Our brothers are our sisters. In and we give AIDS to both of them. It's fine, The girl man. we went out with in high school. The guy, you know, I'm no, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> like this is the guy they rallied behind. I just want to kill I just wanted to remind everybody that again, well, we've said it over and over, in every revolution, the leading the elite make mistakes. And that's what they've done with Biden. It looks like they're going to win with this. And they might. They might It's not over yet. Let's be clear. It's not but over. But it's yet. not over like by even a plenty of plenty of basketball left to be played. I think that like um what is it? They have, uh, there's still like 2,000, or I'm sorry, like maybe 1,000 more delegates to get. Yeah. I mean, something they like each that. need, yeah. How close are the delegates right now? Uh, like 100? Well, the New York Times doesn't have. The, I'll, I'll say this, though, man. Oh, D Biden has total delegates 418. Bernie is 363. So he's not yeah, that it's far less behind. Than, it's no, it's like, it, less than, it's those, like 50. Those transcriptions delegates. blow my fucking mind. Like if you if you said that is this a Felix Biederman parody or who said it, Joe Biden or Felix Biederman? I said Felix Biederman. <laughs> or who said it, Joe Biden or Trump? That's, that's the, the shit Trump would say. That's what I was thinking about while reading. No, this. Trump. Trump's way more coherent than that shit. <laughs> I don't know. He's way funnier. <laughs> well, I mean, because I was thinking about that one episode we opened where we was doing the speech. Steve, they they, <laughs> they whacked Steve. <laughs> Not stop laughing about Basically, that. Trump is like the wannabe mobster version of Joe Biden. Well, like Trump, yeah, because Trump free associates, and and it goes down paths that are genuinely funny. But like Biden tries to free associate, and it's like um, all of his free associations are uh, uh, focus grouped. <laughs> he, well, yeah. he never uses a word that hasn't been like approved. Or so, that's exactly right. All of his free associations come from focus groups, whereas Trump Trump just f shoots from the hip. Trump is just like real like, authentic person. <laughs> Trump is just like it's it's word salad. It's like senile, like sundowning word salad, but through the lens of a guy that like you know watch too many like gangster movies and like goes to high school and the guy picking on me says like my <laughs> uncle's mobbed up. You know what I mean? Like that guy. Yeah, so like let's let's dial back here and like look like let's look at everything that we've got in front of us. We've got the guy whose eye exploded on national television who free associates various focus group terms and <laughs> in, in memories from the nineteen fifties. <laughs> that like that's the guy who everybody just coalesced around. We've got that right there. On this other side we've got or not aside, uh, on the other part of the axis, we've got the cult, the f the celebrity 
advanced degree nonprofit academic cult led yeah. by Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Going straight into the wood, like they are walking into the to the. Uh, they're like how they're like. Uh, what are the guys that you're like? You're like Branch Cooley. Davidians with all liberal <laughs> arts degrees. Honestly, maybe they're trying to make it to the convention, thinking that Biden and Andor Bernie will just collapse on the campaign trail by the time they get there. I think it's possible, but I think what's more likely is that that group, that class, that professional class, has zero political aspirations, and that's how out of touch they are. They are genuinely so out of touch with reality. They are vaguely progressive people who know changes need to occur because something big is coming. But they are that's just how out of touch they are, and that should terrify you. But it should also tell you that like the contradictions are accelerating and, and this is We're getting ready to get some shit popping, really. Yeah, this is, I mean it's good. <clears throat> I think it's, I think it's good. So then you got that, and then you got Bernie, which is just chugging along like it always has. Didn't do as well as we thought we were gonna do on Tuesday, but still did pretty good. Um won the you know world's fifth largest economy <laughs> you know the, the most populous state like this is the thing like we t- we make fun of the maga people <clears throat> for um like uh showing putting up that map of america with the sea of red and being like uh you know they're they're like see trump won well we can't do that with this either it's like if bernie wins california most of the people in this country are in california <laughs> like the way that people are distributed in this, this in this country is, uh, I don't know. Bernie's Bernie's winning where the people are at. Yeah, he's winning the population centers. Maybe not though. I don't know. I guess he didn't win Massachusetts, <coughs> but that might have been Warren's fault. That's the one state I'll grant you that Warren was a spoiler, because Mass. that one was such a close race, and the people who voted for Warren, had they gone for Bernie, they might have. Or they definitely would have pushed him over the edge. Yeah. But any other state, I don't think she's a spoiler for Bernie. I think that those people, like I've said before, they are walking their own golden path but into with, the whichever. But with the delegates this close, she is ticking away at delegates. Sort of. She's only got... Yeah, she, I mean, she's got I mean, nine. She's got 36 in all. And I'm saying that's the difference between, between Biden and... She. And I'll Bernie tell you this. Okay. Like, yeah. It's like forty or fifty. Yeah. It was, it, this delegate count literally just changed. She literally has thirty six more delegates than each of us. <laughs> That's how good she's done. And we and we ain't spent millions of dollars. Damn, so true. We ain't spent one dollar. Damn, so so true. <laughs> Tulsi, <laughs> Tulsi only got one more than us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> so maybe she is being a spoiler. I'm just trying to. Uh, I just like I feel I, like it is bananas to me that people are voting for Bloomberg. Like even one vote for Bloomberg is a shock to me. I mean, I guess money really. I I was at works. This is some know. Thomas Friedman MSNBC pundit shit. But I was at a restaurant um, on Friday night, Thursday night, and the people next to me were talking about how Bernie's worse than Trump, and Bloomberg's the only guy who can. Where at in Buffalo? No, this was Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Joe's hometown. You were in. <laughs> yeah, people were saying Bloomberg is the only way to beat Trump. What were they saying about Joe Biden and Scranton? They were just—I don't know—they just thought that Biden, uh, Scranton, Joe's not even popular in Scranton, huh? <laughs> I thought Joe was from Delaware. He's a senator from Delaware. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I'll be damned. It's like Bernie's from Brooklyn, New York, but he's a senator from Vermont. Oh, I see. 
I see. Mitch Warren. McConnell's from Alabama. He's a senator yeah. from Kentucky. Warren's from Oklahoma. She's a senator from Massachusetts. That's how this works. Hillary Clinton's a senator from <laughs> Illinois. She's or she's from Illinois. She's a senator from New York. Uh, this is how this politics yeah. works. Yeah. I've never understood that. Um. Holy donk shit. Well, it's just. Do you guys mind if you, you guys want to hum a few bars? I forgot to pee before this episode. Can you do that while the I pee go break? Pee, pee pee. Kiss me. She go beneath the milky Kiss me, kiss me. Kiss me. Kiss me. We're only 56 delegates down. Kiss me. Well, I don't know where to pivot from there. It's just like if I just. They're close. And if it keeps on like this, it ain't good. Because it feels like if Bernie doesn't have a goddamn landslide, they're going to fuck him out of it. And they might anyway. Um, yeah. Well, I think that that's part of why there's so much doom today. Yeah. Because, like, everybody sort of knows that if there was going to be... Everybody sort of knows that to avoid some kind of convention, like, fuckery, it needs to be undeniable. Yeah. And so it's close. And I think that that's why everybody's freaking out. But um, it's also just sad that people are voting for Biden. Well, that's another thing about electoralism that, and I felt this way right after the UK election, which is that like a lot of the times it just makes no sense why people vote the way they vote, you know, without some sort of like organized. I mean, I often say it's what what the actual shit is is that people don't vote, and that it's mostly people who. Like, the people who are voting for Biden, by and large, have to be the people who are doing well. Like, they have insurance. They have a nice car. Yeah. They can pay their mortgage. Yeah, I I guess it could be. It could be, like, the middle classes who are a little more comfortable. I mean, because I I have no idea either. Without exit polls, we, we don't know. So, I have no idea either. Um... But I don't know. I think that uh, we'll figure something out. What do we need to be gearing up for <laughs> next is my question. <laughs> you all's humble opinion. I think that is the question. Because there's a movement behind Bernie regardless. Fuck electoral politics. Like We've talked about this often. Like Regardless of this election, there's been a movement of people behind not just... Uh, old dude but a slate of ideas for a livable fucking a survivable future right and we're not just gonna let it go <laughs> we're not letting this go yeah we don't have any option we literally have nothing to lose what do we have to lose well so what do you say to the people who say um i saw some people last night on twitter saying that what obviously needs to be done at this point it's like we can't work within the democratic party and we need a our own party what do you say to that i don't know and generally i'm kind of sick of parties to begin with but i don't know last night at our watch party there was a guy a guy came from the local dems um he was a bernie guy and he said that there were he said the majority of the local dems there in wise county were bernie supporters but there were some who weren't 
And he was kind of saying, I guess he got the sense from how we were talking <laughs> that we were further left than the party. Um, and he said, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of frustration with the Democratic Party. And I think those are the people who really need to get involved with it to change it. And I was just like, these people have fucked us over so many. Like, just can't. How, how many times can you ask people to put in an exorbitant amount of work and stress and just give up their life, really, to change something, to fucking shift or make better something that has just ruined their fucking lives? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many places where we could be putting our energy and adding pressure. And I just don't know that it's the fucking Democratic Party. Yeah. <clears throat> I go back and forth. I mean, I was hardline on this nine months ago, but. I do too. But it's like, oh, what are we, gonna, what are we do, really doing? We're just waiting out some people to die? I don't know. This doesn't seem like. Yeah. A great, hopeful strategy. <laughs> Here's what I think. Here's what I think is all this shit's been going on is designed to. I mean, maybe not designed to, but has the effect of just stealing our joy, stealing what we felt when we two weeks ago when we were riding high on a Bernie. Felt like we were going to take forty-seven out of fifty primaries and steamroll <laughs> for this thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, there's obviously a fix that's in. I mean, I'm not talking like. You know, I don't know if they're necessarily stuffing ballots or pencil whipping the results or anything like that. I'm not necessarily saying that's going on. What I am saying goes that is they have their controls in place, right? And it seems like we've stumbled into some of those, but there's other we can overcome others those obstacles. And so, yeah, I think you know what I would admonish us right now is not to necessarily lose hope. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people are dejected, and a lot of people are. Uh, I think this is, you know, this is it for us as far as, you know, the Bernie strategy goes. But, uh, again, a lot of basketball left to be played. Uh, a lot of contests we're definitely going to win, others that are going to be challenged. And I think that what we need to do is focus on how that the Bernie campaign can correct course and try to do what they can to overcome this. And, you know, meanwhile, what we need to do is continue our target harassment of women and people of color <laughs> on their Twitter and, and uh, oh keep doing what we've been doing, you know? Here's what I think. Here's what I think. I think that if you look at what's happening right now, uh, there is very obviously um, some sort of class antagonism playing out. In this country, there is a very sizable middle class still. I know that people say that it's disappearing and that they're going away or whatever, but there are still a large middle class, people who own homes, have nuclear families, they have two cars and three kids and... Well, there are a lot of structures supporting that. And there's a lot Banks of structures supporting need it. need right. these people. Well, and so I think that those people, again, I've pointed to this, we've talked about this on the show before, we live in a bourgeois democracy, which means that those people are the engines of the political system. Those people are the ones who decide who gets to represent them, and the working people don't. And so what we're trying right now is an experiment that we've not tried since the 80s in the J Jesse Jackson Rainbow Coalition. That failed in the 80s, but that was um, a totally different time. I think that what's happening now is um, those class antagonisms are going to become untenable. And so I think that regardless of what happens, the Democratic Party, regardless of whether you think it can be reformed from the inside out or whether you think that we should start a new party, it doesn't matter because I think that what's happening is 
we've talked about this before too that there is a great realignment coming there are obviously working people who are struggling who want bernie aligned politics call them democratic socialists and anything to the left of that and then there are people who um and and there are of course unicorns and exceptions to these rules there are i'm sure that there are poor biden supporters you know, poor and working Biden supporters. Of course there are. There have to be. And so that, that just shows you how much more organizing we need to do. But regardless, I think that there is a realignment happening that will split the Democratic Party. So I don't even know if it's a question of whether we want to reform it from the inside out. I, I don't know. I think that things might just sort of... Um, it's obviously going to depend on what Bernie decides to do with this. Because, like, let's play it out. And, like, let's say a few months down the line... Um, we head into a convention and Biden still wins. There's not a brokered convention, but it's enough for Biden to win. And he wins. Bernie still got the largest fundraising apparatus and he's mm-hmm. still got this massive base of support. So mm-hmm. something needs to be done with that. And I'm not sure if it will be held contained within the Democratic Party. I think that at this point, after a primary season, as sort of antagonistic as this one, after all of that, I don't know if those contradictions can be contained within the Democratic Party. I think it's very likely that some organizational structure will either splinter off and start a new party, or we might have some hopefully not too violent or whatever confrontation in Milwaukee. But regardless, I just see, you know, I just see some sort of larger conflict happening. It is driven by class and it is driven by the political aspirations of those classes. And so, um, and so, again, it doesn't matter whether you want to reform it from the inside or you want to start a new party. A realignment is coming. And, and you got to pick which class you want to align yourself with. For, yes, exactly. And um, also, we need to be prepared for the possibility that Bernie could, you know, and this is not a knock on him. Uh, he's brought us this far. He's been our, our Moses this far. But it's entirely possible he may get to that precipice and look, uh, you know, look across it and say, well, you're right, Joe, this is yours. Um, you know, I'm just going to go back to Vermont and I'm going to be in the Senate for until I die, whatever. And that happens sometimes. Bernie does deserve to rest. <clears throat> I mean, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. And this, this, and he's been trying to say this whole time, you know, of course, his whole fucking slogan is not me, yes. Right. And so, like, the thing is, and I think that we've tried to stress this in the show before is that like every person involved in this movement is smart and creative, uh, intelligent, able to read, um, political developments and, uh, chart their way from there. And, um, and so we have everything we need to take it from him at that point, you know, to take it off his hands, our own streaming service. Cause what I was about to say is we need to shovel Bernie into mains TV <laughs> yeah, you think he would be a good. Yeah, we need to make Bernie a means TV star, <laughs> and that because when you mentioned that funding apparatus, it's just like yeah, we can't. We it is easy, and you say this, you remind me of this a lot that it's easy to approach to hang on to a scarcity, um, like framework that we need to like hoard things or we're gonna be without, um. And that we don't have the resources we need because that's how we've lived our whole fucking lives. And we're not going to break that. We're not going to like break out of that mindset overnight. Um, but on a production level, like pull pulling the camera back, we do have everything we need. We just have to we just have to move it around differently. And we 
Bernie is proof that you can fund, you can rival the funding that these motherfuckers have in our own with our own base yeah we're pulling resources yeah because ultimately that's what electoral politics are electoral politics at the end of the day are a deployment of resources so i mean even and the reason why we've been able to get bernie this far is because we've pulled our resources as a sort of like you know class or constituency Mm -hmm. and we've shown that that it can be very effective and that more and more than that that we can actually do it i mean it just depends on administration and distribution but it shows that when we pull our resources, we can be very, we can swing our rate, weight around. I mean, and we're also still growing. And again, this is another problem with electoral politics is that like it's, it goes in cycles. And so within four year cycles, you have to, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it, it, you know, you enter into the arena. And so it's like, you may not be ready in that four year cycle. I mean, I don't know if you can grow a mass movement in four years, what started in 2015 i don't know if it can pay off in 2020 but you know and and so i can see people though listening to this and a reasonable objection to that would be well we don't have the time like we've got 10 years left to do anything meaningful on climate change and that's true and that's true that's that is the glaring thing we don't have the time we really don't yeah that's what i told this guy yesterday who was like i feel like he was whispering i couldn't hear shit but he was like whispering in my ear about how we take back over the parties and he was like you know it's just gonna take you know it's gonna take a decade or so and i was like we don't have it we don't have that kind of time no let's just be clear here there there, we might not have fish in 20 years (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's just a lot there's kids being born today that won't know the concept of fish in the oceans We don't have time for my guy to fucking. So what I mean, but so what that means is, um, during the Obama years, you know, I was talking to Tom about this last night. Like during the Obama years, and and all the years leading up to that, I was kind of operating under the assumption that electoral politics is not something that you engage with. That like, and the reason why was because of the sort of brand corporate driven nature of the whole thing and your inability to actually change it or affect it. And I feel like I've come around on that. I think that it can be very useful arena for working class interests and et cetera. But I guess the issue is, is how does that play out in a Biden presidency? I still don't think Biden would actually beat Trump. He might, but like, let's just assume that he would be, that he would beat Trump, that he, that he's president. Like, this apparatus, this infrastructure that we've built up could be incredibly fucking deadly against President My Guy. <laughs> I mean, if his cabinet is staffed with people like Klobuchar, Buttigieg, <laughs> and maybe even fucking Warren and Beto, these are the dumbest people alive. <laughs> like, even, honestly, like, I don't know. It could be. It could be a good thing. I mean, the dumbest people are alive are actually running the country now. They're the Republicans, but they're actually politically smart they're actually the problem with these people are immediate let's be clear robert beto o'rourke is the dumbest person alive right but the reason (laughs) that they are hegemonic is that they have resources and again this goes back to what that's all electoral politics is it is a deployment of labor and resources Resources, and so we we may just we may not have the resources to compete on that level at the moment well, I but, think we've proved that we can. We are. This is very competitive. That's they, exactly right. We've, pro- we've proven that we actually can. Right, right. And I think that it's not to be slipped on. Um, and we have a lot of lessons to learn to fucking roll this snowball 
further on, but yeah, we well, are competitive. We are. I mean, because look, the the gap is um, not that big between no. Bernie and Biden. No. And so, if that's the case, if they have all these resources at their back, and we can still fucking swing, you know, with the best of them. We're doing pretty fucking good, and th- so again, I, I'm I'm feeling pretty sanguine about the whole thing. It's like, uh, at the end of the day, it fi- again, it feels like our generation's historical task is to destroy the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we might be doing. That. Yeah. There's some down ballot strategies to figure out here, and, and I'm not just saying that as as like an accelerationist. I'm I'm saying that like sometimes something's got to give, and so like, how else do you think history moves forward? Like, I'm, maybe it's irresponsible to say we destroy it and don't have anything prepared to, like, replace it or whatever. But I think that that could just sort itself out. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's I think there, as hard as yesterday was, there's a lot to fucking crow about. Charles Booker, like, in Kentucky, would you ever, Tom, have thought that we would have someone running against Mitch McConnell who already holds office in our state and endorses Bernie, you yeah, know, supports the green new deal, so, Medicare for all. Yeah. It's a big fucking deal. And we've got Stephen Smith running for governor in West Virginia. Yeah. Who also, uh, did he imbor- endorse Bernie? I think so. I think Maybe. so. Yeah. I'm not sure. So it's very similar platforms. And again, I just want to be clear. It's not at all clear that those campaigns will win. But it is interesting, like we said, we are witnessing a realignment of some of sorts. And what we're also witnessing, too, is the viability of certain ideas that aren't socialism, but that could be, you know, that but that socialists could get behind in that arena anyway. And, uh, you know, you know, we lost Tennessee, but uh, democratic socialism, whatever that means, was polling at 47 percent. That's not... It's not insignificant, but no, it ain't. still got work to do, you know. But whether you do it in this arena or others, that's, I mean, it's still an open question, or both, you know, I think it's still an open question. And not to sound like President My Guy here with the word salad, but <laughs> I think that, um, you know, we've we've done a lot that we should be proud of. And, it, and it's important to remember that it ain't over by a long shot. Right, right. I mean, there's... Have a, have a little faith in yourselves. I mean, it's like... Yeah, keep calling. Keep keep the robocalls going. Exactly. Yeah, to keep and keep, keep talking to people. Yes. People you know and people you don't know. We have nothing to lose here. And Everything to gain. Maybe with a few exceptions, question yourself about the class character of the person you're talking to. If they're a middle manager at a Lockheed Martin manufacturing They're facility, probably not on your team. You don't have to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell them to fuck off. They're and probably going to vote for Biden. <laughs> and when a guy at Food City said, I ain't voting for no goddamn Democrats, I just said, thank you, sir, and moved on. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> I, it didn't hurt me. I wasn't I wasn't crying. I didn't give a fuck. When a gentleman in moving. Tennessee told me, said, I wouldn't vote Bernie Sanders for dog catcher. <laughs> move on. And judging by the results, it looks like he, he might have meant that. Yeah. yeah. Kept it moving. I didn't but, give a fuck. But uh, but uh, I just want to stress that like it used to not be a controversial thing to say that s- history is driven by social movements. I don't know why, but for some reason, I guess it's because we're in an electoral cycle and we need to have this personality-driven um, sort of political uh, movement. But the the thing about Bernie is that he is a 
he will go down as a historical figure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the thing about Bernie is that he is a, a manifestation or a representation of an entire class's grievances, political aspirations, and goals. He's a vessel. And and he, as a result, he's going to disappoint us in some ways, and then he's going to really make us proud in other ways. But regardless, I guess the point I'm making is that, like, as a movement, we have everything we need. Um and that to me is a very uh it's a strong position to start from well yeah and it, and it and it it's very promising for a future that looks kind of bleak again if biden or look if biden or trump it doesn't matter to me i see them as literally the same at this point there's a negligible difference and yeah. anybody that tries to tell you otherwise and make a case otherwise is, is yeah. not is not with us so like even if Let's say Biden gets a nomination and goes on to lose and every fucking dumbass liberal on Twitter is saying that it's the burner's fault for abstaining. You know what? Probably is. Fuck them. You know, they need to fucking die. Like, yeah. we need yeah, to Yeah, also, on. you <laughs> might, you know, that cuts the whole neatest thing, cuts both ways. <laughs> fucking worthless pieces <laughs> of shit. Right. And so, um, so, I mean, again, I think that, uh, I never thought I would see changes like this, um, or, or sort of these class antagonisms being played out so openly, and that yeah. to me is a huge. It's a huge development. Development, and um, you know, if you're if you are invested in changing this country, then um, you can't sh- you can't shake a stick at that. <laughs> you can't shake a stick at it. Is that the good? And you know, spoiler alert: electoral politics aren't fun to watch. This isn't fun. This isn't fun. Some people love treat like a spectator sport. Well, but uh, also, politics in general is not fun. Mm-hmm. It's no. not supposed to be. It is. That's the point of struggle. It's what you do. Yeah, they feel if, they wouldn't call it struggle if it was fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I don't know. It could get a lot worse. What can and be it fun could get a lot is better. We'll see. Continuing to watch Biden fall apart. Physically and uh, electorally. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Well, he was licking babies in the <laughs> place that... Anyway. <laughs> Where there are coronavirus. I don't even want to say it. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, all right. Well, um, I appreciate you all listening. Um, if you want more content, go to patreon.com p-a-t-r actual good stuff dot com slash trillbilly workers party uh, got a good episode for you this Sunday wherein what did we talk about Warren <laughs> it was Warren. good though we did talk about like the Warren phenomenon which I think is a finesse a fascinating thing it will be endless, endlessly fascinating to me but that's just because I think the professional class is a fascinating thing i i find it fascinating when people can't move when they are just <laughs> stuck you know what i'm saying like yeah. i mean you know like mentally philosophically when they are just mired down mm-hmm. like, i find that to be very they can't come to any kind of synthesis on anything so they just melt down and fall apart jesus well i think that's the whole f- war that's the sort of uh pathology behind the warrens war nights and we li- we dig into it a little a little bit it's a good one yeah so anyways, go check it out. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tribilly Workers Party. And uh, we'll see you out there. Bye.